This is PBE Daily Early Mornings, a late night podcast. My name is Point Blank Ivombi. Thank you ever so much for taking the time to make this episode part of your life and making my podcast part of your daily existence. I'm grateful for the fact that we've actually been able to make another episode come to pass. Still, the whole quarantine life is continuing. Still, the whole curfew life is continuing. And I'm trying to make the best of the time that I've been given as far as being able to still make it to work and being able to actually still work from home. My deadlines are still like creeping up on me, but to a certain extent, I'm actually able to to pull off some strokes of work that I've I've never really tried out before. And the more I draw this stuff, the more inspired I get. And I'm I'm actually glad for the fact that it feels as if it's a loose working uh, timetable, but I'm still able to churn out even more because I don't like having the 12 plus hours I have in a day completely wasted in not being able to actually make things come to pass in the perfect way. I mean, no, I don't get to do the exact eight hours in the office, but even if I do get to do the five, I'm grateful for the fact that I'm actually able to do that. Getting updates from one of my colleagues about how how far he's gone with the work we're doing together and add that to some of the small commissions I've gotten after the fact in regards to stuff I could actually do in the comfort of my own home. I'm glad I'm still in a position to make things move forward because I know to many this is the worst kind of scenario to ever have as far as work you're trying to create, especially if you had goals you wanted to achieve by a time like this. I had hoped to finish one particular project by this time, but then you can't force ideas to come out in fruition exactly as you want them to, or you can't have them not be thought through before you actually create them. It's it's a delicate balance. And to find that delicate balance is not the easiest process, I have to admit. But I've been able to find a way for myself to not only pull off that which is required, but also to give enough leeway for the freedom of, of expression to actually still remain with the integrity I would like it to have. And yesterday when I got home, the one thing that actually was really with me, like the entire time, was the fact that there's an artist who I follow on Instagram and his work constantly pushes me to see how I could better ink my work. His strokes feel so... They have such conviction in every single way he moves. I've never watched him draw. I've seen bits and pieces of his work being painted by a colleague of his, but seeing the way he draws is unbelievable the the perfect use of of crowd the perfect use of composition and everything because there's some american artists who when they make crowd shots or basically artists in the west whenever i see some of them pull themselves to make crowd shots and make still rendering that comes so clear and so vivid is such an inspiring thing for me and i saw that in the works initially of arthur adams I think it is Arthur Adams. And then outside of Arthur Adams, there's Nick Bradshaw. And these two guys, I think I think Nick Bradshaw is either a child of Arthur Adams or it's the other way around. But my money is on it's Nick who learned by observing the work of Arthur Adams. Their work is so beautiful. If you get the chance, just type those two names on Instagram and look at their work. Arthur Adams and Nick Bradshaw. The way they ink, it's very similar. It's as if you see the evolution of a drawing style between one person and another. Because the way Arthur draws, his drawings are very comic book based. Nick kind of hints at the work of cinematic view. 
because there's certain angles he draws that Arthur doesn't really draw. The compositions of Arthur are beautiful, don't get me wrong, but they, they also have a certain hint of a certain period, a certain arc in the comic book past. But Nick kind of incorporates the different ways that angling has been used in comic books since then. And when you look at his work, it actually kind of, it it, it resembles that. And I, and I look at this guy's kind of work in order to try bring that kind of hint of detail to the work I create. Granted, I have already been pegged as the guy who likes making big brush strokes on the outlines of my characters. I like to make my characters bulky. I like making stocky, buff characters. Maybe it's because wishful thinking wants me to have a body like that, but I'm too lazy to actually hit the gym and do what's necessary. Or since I'm in this particular scenario, I could have been doing the whole kind of prison workout so you get my uh, top-heavy body like Johnny Bravo, but that takes away from time I'm supposed to be hunched over this desk drawing. And yes, it's been showing problems. My back still is becoming better because I think the big problem I was having, and I noticed it in that the way I sit is what has been dictating to what extent my back has been burning me because I keep on hearing people say, put your feet flat on the ground as you sit down. And I didn't get why until I started noticing what the problem was. When you cross your feet under your chair, your back is kind of forced to now overcompensate in keeping itself straightened in the back. And because it's trying to straighten itself in the back, it affects the strain that you have on your spine. But if I keep my feet flat on the ground, my body stays elevated and comfortable. It doesn't have to struggle to be in the position it's supposed to be in. It, it's a weird thing. And when I noticed it, it it was weird. Let's just say that. I, I never thought I'd actually see the day where I actually can come across the idea of posture was caused by you not really paying attention to how your body really yin and yang work together. But enough about that. I wanted to talk about something that it struck me yesterday when I was looking at this guy's work and I was, I, I'm guilty of taking screenshots so I could actually have a folder on my computer of this person's work. I hope he doesn't mind that. I, I literally am giving you your props bright and early and I want to echo from the experiences that you have to actually make my work even better. And I was thinking back to different comic book heroes and different comic book ideas and why I got into comic books in the first place and one of the curiosities that I had. There was Miguel CD by, or Miguel said depending on how you want to say it, by uh, Mado and internationally there's the character Superman. The first real, real experience I had with Superman was Lewis and Clark, the New Adventures, New Adventures of Superman, the series. After that is when I came across the Fletcher Studio DVD, which I actually purchased. I think I have an original in my in my storage boxes. The beauty of the idea of a character who would actually take off and fly. And then the new Metro store had just been opened at Nakuma Junction on Gong Road. And I bought some of the books that actually were giving a history of the company. And I think it was when they were coming close to their 70th anniversary as a company in regards to the character Superman, when the character was turning 70. And I was looking through the different pages and I, rem I remember why I liked the idea of Superman so much. The fact that he was this character who could not be adulterated or changed. And then I started questioning that because in the, in the practical world, you don't have such characters. And as recently as yesterday is when I realized why that doesn't really work. And I literally allowed myself to sleep on this idea before I recall it today because 
I think the truth that reigns in it is the fact that it has the optimism of a person who's never been ch chased or, or, or tainted by this world. And the optimism was born from the fact that the character Superman was created by teenagers. Teenagers have an idealistic worldview. They're borderline becoming adults, but they still have this innocence of childhood that makes them wish they could actually push themselves even further. They makes them wish they could actually achieve even more in their existence. And when I think about that, and I think about how much it means for a person to see the world in in black and white and potential greys, it's it's something else because there's this innocence in a smile that the character Superman used to have when I was growing up. And even when I saw the idea of how he would say just he strictly fights for truth and justice, him becoming a hero, yes, it was born from a tragedy, but it's a tragedy he didn't experience. He was a child when he was moved to the planet Earth. And granted, I'm sure there's different pieces of his story came after the fact. But when you think about a teenager who his pop lost his life, because of a gun crime and making that crime that happened become a, a character feature in his creation in that the character he created in this superhero is bulletproof the poetry that comes into that he wants this person to be the ideals of everything he pours the ideals that he wants as far as his integrity is concerned or even the things that you're tainted about you pour them into this character in order to make the perfect story come to life and when it came to the 1960s, and I think the 1960s was when I, I heard somebody say this about African-Americans in the 1960s. He says in the 1960s is when African-Americans were becoming teenagers in the sense of they're starting to rebel against that which was being put in front of them as what status quo was. In, and by that I mean the idea of slavery laws, the idea of treating people as second-rate citizens or treating people as second-rate species. And as that was happening in the United States, in Europe and in all over Africa, there was also a resurgence of this idea of we can actually become our own leaders, become our own uh, governments and all that. Now, even in that period, when it now led to the 1970s, where the liberations of now free spirit as far as the United States and the United Kingdom are concerned, because they were rebelling against governments that were being too oppressive and not giving enough chances to the future as far as the young people are concerned. So job security is a problem. Uh, trying to make a, to earn a living is actually a form of difficulty because the country is still trying to rebuild itself after a war in the UK. And you have guys like Alan Moore who say, what do you think about the ideas of a person like Superman? It doesn't really make sense. And then you think about characters in the United States, people like Frank Miller, when they say, the idea of a character like Superman is so fictitious, it doesn't really make sense. I'm paraphrasing what these people were saying, but the hints of that which they were trying to put out always seems to come true in that they make it very, very clear to everyone who actually is involved in regards to their stories that that which they perceive as heroic or heroicism is, it, it's, it strictly just stays in the mind and we're not really able to echo that which is required as far as the the kind of person who would never really take a life or never really be evil never really be wrongful to others it's it's one thing to wish you could do that on a daily basis but it's completely another when you see that it's damn near impossible for you to not be tainted by how the world works or how the world treats itself it's it's not the best thing to say about the world but it's also something we have to come to terms with that 
evil does exist evil does thrive and as long as these two things do exist there has to be at least a, a glimmer of hope and in that glimmer of hope you you'd like to have characters even if they're fictitious who would actually never really cross certain lines because i remember the time when would when i saw something that would actually make the character superman not be this clean cut or this clean cloth uh character who who's ideals can never be broken he's just a nice person and as much as it was mocked that he was this nice person i didn't mind that that existed because in so many ways we'd like to make the anti-hero the center of attraction but i still feel there's a place for characters who can't be tainted as far as their good and moral compass exists because we live in such trying times and even in the time when the character was being created as far as superman was concerned in the 1930s it, the character was created in 1934 and was published in 1938 and even in that period you needed a semblance of wishful thinking and a semblance of hope and that it came from teenagers makes so much sense because teenagers think that when they get to adulthood the world is going to be this perfect place they're going to be able to have the freedom to do whatever they want and then when you become an adult in many cases that i've experienced and i am guilty of this as well you find out that that which you thought was the way the world works is not and you think you finally discover that not everyone who you look up to is, per is actually the perfect individual to actually find an example in i've always said this about the kind of heroes that i have as far as people i look up to in different fields in different careers and all that and i take these people with all their flaws by that i mean this i can look at a person's body of work in what they've created and what they've actually achieved and what they've executed and after looking at the work that they've done i can objectively say however they did this wrong this wrong and this wrong and not copy everything that they did including the wrongs i just take the good that they gave me and walk away it's the big issue i've always had especially when it comes to my one of my dearest things in this entertainment world which is hip-hop in many cases some of the predecessors of this game most of the individuals had the insistence of you have to be in a certain degree of buzzed or in a certain degree of tipsy to be able to make the music come to life now as a person who partakes i know the consequences of being past a certain level of buzzed or past a certain level of tipsy nothing really gets done because it ends up becoming a distraction because you're not really focusing you're not you don't have tunnel vision at any point to do that which is required or to do that which is expected and because i'm aware of this i never put myself in a situation where i have to need a certain thing to be able to make things come to pass i will admit i enjoy a sip of jabba juice because sometimes it just kicks my mind into overdrive and maybe maybe just maybe i may enjoy that so much so that i don't really feel like it would be okay if i don't have at least a bottle or two in the in the fridge just waiting for me to at least whenever i'm feeling like okay, i want to push myself further be it in the hours that i work or be it in the kind of ideas i'm creating but i don't want to develop a dependency so sometimes i'll have i'll, I'll buy a certain stockade and after i have the juice i'll go i'll put myself off it in order to do what i need to do because i hate being in a position where i need to depend on something or someone and when i think about the scenario of the hero character such as the superman ideal from when i grew up of how he's untainted there's a good that exists in this in this character i feel in the current day and age and i haven't read many comic books because i think sometimes 
the two things that actually make me suffer from not being able to read certain comic books is I care who draws the work because the work will make literally pun intended draw me in i care who writes the work because sometimes the work that they actually write will keep my curiosities popping and as much as i don't have enough time to actually sometimes read that, those books which i do enjoy i'm sure i'll eventually make the time when it comes and i will make that time soon as i'm able to steal it from anything else or it exists because everything else has been taken care of but long story short in regards to this idea of an untainted character yes it's a teen idea it 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 reeks of teen optimism but just because it does doesn't mean it's a bad thing everything i've seen most people create lately it's with the essence of trying as much as possible to make the dark side of things become what is put to the fore it almost feels as if it's Yes, it's a sign of the time because when you come to looking at some of the products being put out in entertainment, like um, you'd have the villainous side be the the superstar of the entire product, and it almost makes me think about how newspapers, tabloids, and magazines. They always have sensationalized uh, headlines that actually make you think about worst case scenarios in order to draw you in. And I'd, I'd hate to think that that's the only way you could actually bring people to actually care about somebody's product or somebody's creation. It it makes me feel as if we're being sold short as far as an audience to a person's work. And even in wanting to see more tragic things because they actually sell more pages, I'd hate to think that I will only be a part of a game that only cares about that so as i continue to make notes of the different books i intend to write i'm hoping to come up with uh, at least one story where the character who is good remains good and because of how good he is he tries as much as possible to cope with the fact that things are not as good as they wish they were around him or her these small pieces of messaging I think would actually give a second generation a second chance because even the sustaining of that kind of rage and anger is kind of difficult because I try to see how many people could actually keep on writing stories about a person being just strictly angry because I also believe and I think I've said this before even in the worst dire consequences dire situations there are smiles that are achieved in such places even in like some of the most poverty stricken for lack of a better example, poverty-stricken households, there are moments where you smiled. It was a genuine smile because in that small piece of time, you were happy. I never minded growing up lower middle class. It was fine. When I grew older and we got to enjoy these different things that actually made us so comfortable thereafter, it made me really enjoy those previous moments even more because i remember one time when we'd sometimes feel sad because we'd have the same kind of staple food day in day out back to back that it was the same meal over and over again and then i remember how it felt that one time we were sitting in the living room and everyone was asking themselves personally what they're going to have for dinner because the fridge was full in the prior story there was no fridge 
the idea of a fridge was a fictional thing. We made meals that would actually serve that day, and after they served that day, we're good. If it's food that could be stored, it was probably a, a meal that was prepared that requires certain products to be added into it so that as it goes stale, it tastes even better. But to be able to tell the difference between those two different scenarios makes me very, very happy. And I hope that people could actually get to enjoy that as well in that which they will consume as far as entertainment is concerned. I will play my part to contribute to that, but I say do not completely lose that which is the edge of how good things can get. I do constantly say on this podcast that I think about worst case scenarios first, but don't completely sell short the idea of good things happening thereafter. So say it with me. Be Caesar or be nothing at all. Thank you so much for continuing to support and enjoy this podcast, continuing to share it. And as we continue to grow on this side, I hope you're enjoying yourself. I hope you're taking care of yourself. Keep your hands clean. I hear the government is saying it's now by law for you to have a mask on in public places. I ordered one yesterday. Hopefully, I'll get it later today. And hey, I will say this. If you, anybody can find me the Bane mask, I will gladly rock that and walk around with it because, hey, I'm obeying the law, right? We're dressed like a rebel, but be a law-abiding citizen. You never know with these things. Till next time. Oh no.